It is said in Japan that when a person dies in extreme sorrow or rage, the emotion remains, becoming a stain upon that place. The memory of what happened repeats itself there. Death becomes a part of that place, killing everything it touches. Once you have become a part of it, it will never let you go. I've been in that house. So have you, Pita. My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we, we are, are the, the Extra Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode 27. And in this episode, we've got a twofer. We're going to be discussing both Juon, which is the 2002 film that inspired the 2004 American remake, The Grudge. You're super excited about this one, huh? No. I mean, I'm excited because it's the scariest movie that I can possibly think of. Yeah. But also, I hate this movie. But I love this movie because it scares the crap out of me, but I hate it. Right. Well, this is... I did The Exorcist. Yes. And we did all three of them. Yes. Granted, the second one isn't scary at all. But the third one kind of shook me up a little bit, even though there's not a lot of Reagan-type things. Yeah. But now it's your turn. Yeah. And we couldn't do all of mine because there's way too many of them. Oh, there's like... 10 Juan movies or yeah. some crazy amount and then yeah. there's three grudge ones and now they come out with another one next year there's just way too many but so we'll start with this yes we started with the original the grudge to me yeah and then what it actually came from i think it's like Juan three or something yeah i think these movies are pretty good i had never seen the japanese version mm-hmm. but i saw the american one when i was in like eight grade-ish maybe mm-hmm. seventh grade something like that it was one of those in that same time frame where i started getting really into horror and it was actually around the time i watched the exorcist and the shining and some like i was really more into i didn't get into slashers until later mm-hmm. but i all the those kind of movies i got into around this time so i enjoyed re-watching it but you've given me a complex that i didn't have before <laughs> i'm sorry about the bitch in the grudge <laughs> so yes. like she scared me when i was a kid but like every time i see her now i'm like oh she's fucking terrifying oh my god i i remember i watched this my freshman year in high school and we had moved out to massachusetts just for that one year and i just i remember the house i was in i remember seeing it for the first time everything is just so bright in my mind and i i know every detail of it but oh god i hate this movie but i love it I was mentioning to Connor, I feel like horror is one of those where it's like spicy foods. Like, you either like it or you don't. And if you like spicy foods, there comes a point where something is so spicy that it's almost unenjoyable. Mm -hmm. And the grudge is, like, right there on that cusp for me. Sometimes it's too scary that I almost don't enjoy it. Like, it just destroys your palate. Yes. And you can't taste anything else. (laughs) I actually watched Juwan and the Grudge in one day back to back mm-hmm. and when I watched you on and I literally screamed at points I was so knotted up with my muscles weren't moving I was like shaking everything mm-hmm. was so tight and then I got to the garage and I was just like dead inside like I, I was just like yeah she's what, fucking I scary don't even, I can't even anymore I can't I'm just so <laughs> scared I just can't deal with it anymore well Let's get into it then. So we'll walk through the American Grudge because I'm sure a lot of horror fans have seen the Grudge. Yeah. At some point. If not both of them, at least the American remake. Mm -hmm. In most cases, the Japanese one, obviously it is a Japanese movie. It is subtitled. Yes. But it's done very well. I mean. And it's almost like scene for scene, the same movie. Yeah. Almost. There's one part that's different, but. Yeah, exactly. So in the beginning, it starts with this quote, and this isn't the entire thing, but it is those who encounter it will be consumed by its fury. So if something dies or someone, excuse me, dies in a fit of sorrow or rage, yes, they become this grudge. I kind of researched this a little. It was kind of cool. This is a Japanese ghost. This isn't something that happens everywhere because this is like their own folktale that they think that these ghosts, because we see ghosts as maybe something that moves that turns on a light or moves a book or something Mm -hmm. Japanese ghosts like this they are terrifying and they will come to kill you and I'm like 
that's kind of cool scary but also kind of a cool cultural thing yeah it starts with a man standing on a balcony and a woman in bed looking at him and she's like peter are you okay and then he looks back at her and he just jumps or he falls over the balcony rail to his death what do you think he saw Oh, who knows? Because we know later on that these people are... If they've been in the house, they're seeing stuff other people aren't seeing. Yeah. And it's following them. Yeah. Kind of like it follows and stuff like that. Yeah. Nobody can help you or anything. So did he look back at her and see it or something? Oh, my God. Probably. Or there's even to where it's... uh, People didn't look possessed by it, but almost just like they couldn't get out of the... Or they were either so terrified that they couldn't move or run, or it did somehow get into their heads. Like it, no, you don't. You just don't know. No. Uh, then it kind of starts with the opening credits, and Sam Raimi did this remake. He did, and his brother was in it too. Oh, really? So Sam Raimi produced it, mm-hmm. and Ted Raimi, who is Alex, he's the caseworker who actually yeah, gives yeah. Sarah. That's Ted Raimi. That's Sam's brother. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of someone, and I could never put my finger on it for the entire movie. And then I was like, he looks like fucking Peter Parker, Tobey Maguire, Peter Parker, in like 2002 or whatever when that came mm. out. He looks like Peter Parker. <laughs> Anyways, there's a young woman riding her bike to someone's home, and the owner, when she gets there, left a note that says, out for a walk, we'll be back later. And it's this nurse or caretaker, CNA or whatever she is here. She's from this care center. And her name is Yoko, and she puts the patient to bed when she gets there. And the patient's name is Emma, and it's an older lady who is the daughter of the two that own the home. Mm-hmm. And that is the same in both of them. Right. She lives with the, it's her son. It's not um, an American couple or family, but Right, yeah. exactly. And so she's coming to, over to take care of her. And... She realizes when she gets there, it's really messy. There's just stuff thrown everywhere, like packages and papers, and it's Mm -hmm. really weird. And while she's cleaning that up, someone calls. And she hears, she's talking, and then she kind of hears something in the ceiling of one of the rooms and goes into a closet and opens up the ceiling, basically, to this little attic part. I did, like, so just a comparison to Mm Juwan really quick. In Juwan... The acting is so good, and she's so terrified to be yeah. out there. In this one, she's kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm going to open this closet, and I'm going to check this shit out, and I'm going to definitely go up here with a match. No, she's, like, shaking in yeah. Juwan, and I'm like, that's true. Like, you would really be that afraid. That's actual fear. Yeah. yeah. She holds up a lighter, and she turns, and then that bitch is just right there. How you doing? <laughs> And then it cuts to a couple in their apartment getting ready for the day. And he says that he's glad that she came to Japan with him. And, and it's Sarah Michelle Gellar. It is, which, yes. really quick, that's part of why I wanted to watch this movie when it first came out. is because mm-hmm. I am a Buffy freak. Love the show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Which we have actually three Buffy alum in this movie. Oh. And unfortunately I didn't get the actors' names. But we have Sarah Michelle Gellar, who was Buffy. Mm-hmm. We have her boyfriend that's actually in this right now was in an episode of Buffy. He pil- he played a person called Billy Fordham. Mm-hmm. And then the wife of the people that have the house right now. The house owners, yeah. Yes. That woman plays a character called Marcy in the first season of Buffy. So I just loved that all my characters came together. It was like the perfect Buffy movie. So you watched this movie because of all the Buffy actors and then you were scarred for life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Her name is Karen, and his name is Doug. And she says that they're she's just glad they could be together, and then they start making out, and da-da-da. So Karen goes to the care center that Yoko works at. So she is also a either newer employee, or in Juon, she's a volunteer. Mm-hmm. The equivalent to her character is a volunteer. And she gets a visit with a patient, and she hasn't actually done one on her own yet. So she's a little nervous, and it ends up being Emma because Yoko didn't show up for work because she got got. Yeah, that did happen. And just a side note, this doesn't really have much to do with, like, the story story, but how scary would it be to have to navigate a country that you didn't know by yourself with people that majority did not speak English well enough to 
talk to you. Yeah. Well, I actually, I made a comparison of that too, that this is, well, this movie makes that comparison of you have two very different types of expats. You have Sarah Michelle Gellar is still going. Like, she may be a little afraid, but she's making it through. And you have her boyfriend who also, he's like, let's do it. Like, they're very into this culture. It's great. They're very excited. And then you have the family that's moved in. And while the husband is okay with it, the wife is, like, terrified. And she's like, can we go back to the States? I don't want to be here. I don't know what to do. I got lost. I don't know what to eat. Yeah. It's very different adventure styles. Yeah. Well, and the couple that bought the home, they ended up there because of his job. Mm -hmm. So she was just kind of, I mean, imagine, Well, so did this couple because of college. Right. But it's kind of interesting to see the comparison of the women. And imagine, like, Connor getting a call saying, hey – we're going to give you a killer raise and a killer promotion, and you're going to be at the top, but you have to go live in the city that's across the world yeah. that doesn't speak English. I mean, that would be a cool adventure, but also how frustrating to need something or be lost and not be able to communicate that to somebody. That on it on its own well, yeah. I is think scary. I'd- I have the travel bug, and I'd be so excited, but, yeah, I'd still be terrified. Like, yeah. when she's going in the grocery store and she's, like, punching holes in the stuff to smell it to see if she thinks she can eat it, that yeah. would – how else would you do it? Yeah. I mean, she buys it, so. Yeah. And when she – Karen gets to this house, it's trashed again in the entryway, and – all of the doors in both not all but most of the doors in both the Japanese version and the American version are like frosted glass sliding doors so you can't you can't really see through them but kind of like our logo you can see like a silhouette yes. shape things like that and so they're the patient or a person or someone is on the ground and their hand is just beating and clawing against the glass And, of course, she's freaking out because she's on the floor and nobody's been tending to her. Because the couple, I mean, is nowhere to be found. Yeah. And the caretaker is now nowhere to be found. And so this poor woman, who you assume is suffering some sort of dementia, Alzheimer's, has, I mean, peed the bed because she can't get up and take care of herself. And she tries, Karen tries to get Emma to talk to her. And the same thing in Juwan, you know. Mm -hmm. Same situation. She's just sitting there. She nobody's been caring for her she has also defecated and peed the bed like it's just a sad situation because nobody's been there for this woman and karen puts her back to bed and starts cleaning up the stairs like yoko was doing previously and she walks into a room and sees a closet all taped up that would be my first indication to that'd be a big uh, fuck off and i would be like absolutely no problem mm-hmm. <laughs> and she hears a cat meowing and takes the tape down to open the closet now that's where it would be tough because if i thought there was something trapped in there like a cat or something yeah. like an animal even if it was just a fucking raccoon i'm the kind of person that would probably want to free it you yeah. know which sucks because i'm just such <laughs> an easy target just like when I was talking when we did Extremely Wicked, mm-hmm. I'd be that person that tried to help the dude with the cast. And then you die. Yeah. So same thing with this. I would I would die. <laughs> so she opens the closet and she finds this journal. And so she grabs that out of the closet and then she sees a little boy in the closet holding the cat. And he looks pretty normal, if not a little traumatized. He's hiding in a closet, you know. Yeah. But he doesn't look ghosty i guess you could say that boy in real life was terrified of cats and that's basically like all he does is he's with that cat so his wide eyes and terrified Mm -hmm. look is real he's like oh god yeah yeah why is he terrified of cats i didn't say when i looked at the trivia i just said i was like oh so karen calls her work so calls alex her boss to report it and alex says he's on his way over and she hears a noise coming from upstairs again And then she finds a picture of a man, a woman, and a boy. So this family, but the woman's face is cut out. Mm -hmm. And same thing in Juan. Yeah. She finds the family picture and the woman's face. In the American one, it's more neatly cut out, but Mm -hmm. it's the same concept. I mean, well, we'll get there in a minute. The boy is staring at her from upstairs banister the little slits in the banister. And she asks his name and he tells her his name is Toshio. And then the phone rings, and someone named Susan leaves a voicemail. And this would be 
Matt, the owner of the home, his sister also lives in Tokyo conveniently. And she's checking in. She hasn't heard from them, so she's worried. So she wants to check on their mom. So they've clearly been gone for a while. You can tell by that voicemail that she hasn't yeah. heard from them in at least a couple days. And you see something pass by the glass door where Emma is because she's in the background. Ugh. Yes. Now, in Juan, I don't have clear notes on this because I watched it in the bathtub at 5 a.m. this morning. And the sister actually has plans to come over that night. Yeah. And so I believe she calls and says, hey, are we still on for tonight or haven't heard from you or something like yeah. that. And then she shows up to make dinner. Exactly. So a little bit different there, but it still brings in Matt's or the owner of the home's sister to trap her. Yeah. Karen walks in and Emma is sitting up in bed talking to someone. Kind of indistinguishable. In both of these versions, they're both basically saying, you know, some variation of leave me alone. Yeah. And Emma says to Karen, I just wanted her to leave me alone. And then they're both scary in their own way. But the way that the American one did this scared me more than the way that the Japanese did this particular scene for me. The black strands of hair coming from the ceiling in the corner. Things in horror movies when they're just in the corner inconspicuously but becoming more conspicuous as the scene rolls on terrify me. In Hereditary, when she was sitting at the... Uh Oh, my God. That was so (laughs) scary. So I hate that stuff, but I love it at the same time. And you see, again, the black strands of hair descending from the ceiling. And Emma gasps, and the grudge bitch is there making her little noises and and karen looks over and then there's eyes just right in her face yeah and in juan she passes out yes she doesn't like uh in the grudge she goes catatonic in juan she passes out and i'm sitting there like that's what i would do i'd fucking pass out yeah i mean i would not want to be awake for whatever happened next so i'm okay with being knocked out yeah (laughs) i hope my body is just like oh we give up. This is it. We surrender. Let's just pass out. I literally <laughs> just trying to think of that much fear of something sitting right in front of me, knowing it's going to kill me and staring me down. Yeah. I, I, I think I'd pass out. I think all the blood would rush to my head and just boom. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be on. Cut to the house being for sale and the family moving in. So this is a flashback. Okay. One thing really quick. I wanted to Before comment. Before we flashback. Yes. <laughs> so, no, actually during the flashback. Oh, okay. So you see the mother who has dementia and she doesn't talk or anything, but she's up and moving around. She definitely looks a lot better. And then later on, I can only assume that these ghosts have wreaked such fucking havoc in this house. I mean, they talk about how her mom, his mom has been up wandering at night and we know that that's probably not her. We understand it's probably the ghost. So is she just up watching this shit? probably that it's probably driving her insane especially with dementia and alzheimer's they sundowners is a thing my grandmother was a sundowner you know that's terrifying they sleep all day and then at night they can't their bodies are so messed up that they're up all night like my grandmother would literally walk around at night which didn't scare me at the time because i was a teenager when she lived with us for a little while but now looking back i was like that's that was spooky. Yeah, which is already scary. And then yeah. she's probably scared because there's other people doing that same shit to her. Yes, absolutely. Ooh. Imagine seeing all that and being tormented and not being able to tell anybody. No. <laughs> oh, my God, no. I got goosebumps, this movie. <laughs> Just talking about it. So they have they are with a real estate agent. And in the American version, they are I don't even know if you see them buying the house. It just talks about the move in Juan. Interesting side note. Connor actually looked this up because he was really, really interested. So I don't, basically how Japanese culture is, they basically rebuild things. So every 20-ish years. So just the fact that this house was for sale would tell a Japanese person that there's something wrong with it because they don't sell homes. You know it's only going to be a 20-year commitment, so you just wait. And then if you really want to leave, you just sell the land and tear the house down. So the fact that this house is for sale shows that there's something wrong with it. People left in a hurry or they died or something like that. Well, and Americans coming in aren't going to understand they that because that. we sell and buy houses exactly. like, like no one's business. But that's why in Juwan we don't have that thing because that's their house. They didn't. Yeah. 
while they're being shown the house, Emmett ends up wandering off and she wanders upstairs and they find her just staring up at something. And the sister... Leave the fucking house. Leave the fucking house. Yes. The sister ends up finding her in a bedroom and, you know, they're like, Mom, you okay? Da, da, da. I would be like, nope, no, thank you. Yeah, I we're do done. I need this house. Bye. If my mother with dementia is just staring at something spooky and she looks terrified, she's probably seeing something that I'm not seeing. Exactly. Like... Just like kids and animals. Exactly. They are... When either your brain is developing and it's more open that way or on the flip side of that, it's breaking down. Mm-hmm. I feel like more channels are vulnerable to open up. Exactly. So I I know that there's some sort of losing their mind, but also I don't know. I don't, I don't, I think I would take that as kind of a warning sign, but then maybe I would just be able to ignore it too. I don't know. Mm. The real estate agent walks into the bathroom while they're all upstairs and sees the tub full of black water and the drain cord is detached. So he puts his arm in to drain it of course and a child's hand grabs him and screams and he kind of you know he lurches back because he's scared (laughs) and he pulls out black hair and it's actually in his hand and then matt comes in and immediately says we'll take it and the realtor's like thank fucking god i don't have to come to this house ever again y'all are gonna die peace (laughs) but at least i think well really in both of them if you go into that house Mm mm-hmm you fucked. Oh, that's true. Yeah, the, we the should real see estate the real agent is real gonna tomorrow. die. Oh, fuck. We need another movie. <gasps> Maybe that's the new one. No, I know it's not. They're not tying them in, but... Are they just starting over with the new one? I don't know exactly what they're gonna do. They said that they weren't tying them in. That's all I know. Oh, okay. So, yes. Real estate agents probably fucked, that's too. That's true. They huh. all fucked. So, cut to Jennifer, and which is Matt's wife the one that is very apprehensive about being in japan at all cut to jennifer and matt talking about how emma isn't sleeping at night and jen tells him she went for a walk yesterday she and she got lost and couldn't find anyone that speaks english so fucking scared so this is when you get that conversation of she really does not want to be there and she's having a really rough time with the move you can't even feel safe to leave your house really yeah there's nowhere to go you're basically i mean this is going to sound very millennial of me but especially nowadays like i have my smartphone at least mm-hmm. and i there's map applications even if you're walking it'll tell you what exactly. side streets to take back then cell phones they have them in mm-hmm. the movie both movies but they it's not like they're they, just little flip phones that yeah it's not like you pull up a whole navigator on mm-hmm. it you know so it's not like she could just walk around and then have her phone bring her back exactly or know? nowadays we have those apps where you can say something into it and then it repeats it back in a their language exactly yes we have so much technology now that it would be so much easier but no that's so scary yeah definitely so he tells her it'll go easier and he asks her to give it a try and they basically agree that if she gives it a solid good effort try if it's still not working out and they're still miserable he will basically tell his work that they need to figure it out because he needs to go back to the states which is cool of him to say. Yeah. And then it cuts to her grocery shopping and she's not able to read any of the labels. And this is when she's basically taking ramen bowls mm-hmm. and cups and poking holes in them with her finger to smell them to see what the flavors are. Yeah. Because she can't read the labels. And then it cuts to her sleeping on the or laying on the couch. She's kind of in and out of sleep. So it just kind of paints this picture of depression for her. Mm-hmm. And she's probably lonely. And- uh, yeah. And a wind chime has been going off this entire time and then it ends pretty abruptly mm-hmm. then all of a sudden her soup and the water she was drinking are all over the floor mm-hmm. and so she thinks it's emma and she's like if you want something all you have to do is tell me which is also exactly what happened and emma's just and like Juan. sitting up staring so Straight she up. watched whatever just happened happen yes like if the little boy was standing there staring at her sleeping or whatever like emma just saw that yep oh my god that's scary and then she sees footprints that don't belong to Emma walking towards the stairs. And she sees the cat at the bottom of the staircase. And she hears someone and yells, who's there? And she keeps walking up the stairs. And she sees the hands. Yes. she. I was about to say. Well, she thinks she's alone. Yeah. And she sees someone's legs run across. And then in the, in Juan, the hands grab the cat. And um, she walks upstairs to the bedroom and the door slams. And then she screams in Juan, right? Mm-hmm. Oof. And then when the husband gets home in both of these, there's shit everywhere. Papers, wrappers, 
Emma is sitting up in bed, or both mothers are, and both of these versions are sitting straight up in bed, and he's asking where his wife is, and of course she's terrified and not able to answer him. So he walks upstairs into a bedroom, and both wives, but we're talking about Jennifer specifically, is wheezing in bed and making these weird noises, and is just laying there. And he asks her what's wrong, and she tries to croak out a... I mean, she's, like, starting to sound like the grudge. And he's like, what? What are you trying to say? What are you trying to tell me? And then a little boy pops up from the side of the bed and opens his mouth. And there's this kind of scream. And then the cat screams. Oh, my God. And in Juwan, he's, like, looking elsewhere. And the boy's walking behind him. And you're like, yes. oh, God. It's a little bit longer of a scene in Juwan because there's a little bit more yeah. build up to it. I don't, yeah. I don't know which one's scarier. These both just scare the fuck out of me. Both of them. Yes. Equally. Yes. And even though they're, like, matched scene for scene, the deaths are a little different. And yeah. this, the ghost is a little different. It's just scarier. Or yeah. They're both scary. I don't know. Jennifer sits straight up in bed, makes the spooky noise, and then falls back down dead. So the husband is freaking out, and he backs up against the closet, and the boy's face looks down on him, and it cuts to black. And that's awful. Imagine that being the last thing that you see. No. No. You're not gonna? No, okay. I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> I have imagined that many times in nightmares, and I fucking hate it. So Alex shows up at the house and kneels down to find Emma dead and Karen cowering in the corner, shaking and speechless. Just staring up at the ceiling. Yep, right where the hair fell down. I think I would pass out and then wake up doing that. Yep. <laughs> Cops show up, and they talk to Alex, and they say Karen is very shaken up and being taken to the hospital. They show Alex the pictures of Matthew and Jen, and they ask Alex when the last time he saw them was. And he says it was when they came to the care center to get Emma set up with care. So he hasn't talked to them or had really interaction with them. Yoko is the one that has been interacting with this family. They said that Matthew didn't show up for work, and they want to talk more the next day. And then Alex tells them that Karen's just the sub because Yoko is also missing from work, but he saw her bike outside the house when he got there. So the cops listen to the message from Susan, Matt's sister, and then they make a plan to reach out to her. So let's backtrack a little bit to Juan. Instead of just calling, the sister comes over to make dinner. Yeah. And what I like about Juan is it ties in. So we know the story of this family, which we're going to get into here in a minute. But the husband killed the wife and the child and the and cat. The cat. Yep. And in Juan. And then himself. Right. In Juan, it gives his story a little bit more screen time. And so the husband, after his wife dies in Juan, doesn't immediately get taken. Right. He is sitting at the bottom of the staircase, just being real freaky and looking. He's having some of the same mannerisms and making the same sound that when we flash back to the husband that killed his wife, made as well. So it's almost like the husband is possessing him right now. But he basically tells his sister, you need to get out, you need to get out, you have to leave. And he forces her out the door. And that's where the sister comes into it. Yeah. And Juan. And then he kills himself. Yeah. The cop realizes after they hear the message that the phone is off the hook. So when we had landlines and they were portable phones, so they weren't the ones corded to the wall... A lot of them had paging features to where so you, you could, could hit find the, it if you ex- lost it. Exactly. And he realizes the phone's off the hook and he does just that. And they follow the noise to an upstairs bedroom closet. And they find it on the floor of that closet. And then they find black hair. And they look up and there's a crawl space into what looks like an attic space. And then they find the bodies of Matthew and Jennifer, and they also find a bottom jaw that doesn't belong to either one of them. Matthew or Jennifer. Yeah. And they're like, oh, wonder who that belongs to. Oh, my God. Do you like think she was alive when they took it? I don't know. I wonder how painful this death was, these deaths were, if it was a quick, like out yeah. or if it was a whole thing like a whole process this movie is so psychological to me because there's some of these deaths that you don't even see they're not even on screen so to think of and it kills by fear basically so to mm-hmm. think of how scared you have to be for yeah. that to happen mm-hmm. then karen wakes up in her hospital 
room and Doug is sitting there in the corner and she's confused as to why they're saying Emma died in her sleep because she says there was something in the house and then she kind of realizes that she sounds a little crazy (laughs) and she stops what she's saying and she just cries into him and then later that night it cuts to Susan leaving her message from earlier so this is another flashback but just to fairly recently this is the worst part of the movie this like from starting from season to susan to the end of susan yeah susan is leaving her office to go home and of course she's the only one there and the whole building is dark and deserted and she hears a horror movie it's gotta be mm -hmm. and she hears this weird creaking noises and she is sketched out and in juan it does the same thing it flashes back to the sister before she goes over to their house Mm -hmm. so susan runs to the stairwell after she hears you know those weird sketchy noises because she feels like she's being followed or watched and she gets a call from quote unquote matthew but it's just that groaning kind of sound and so she hangs up pretty quickly and she sees lights above her in the stairwell flickering and hears stuff below her as well and then she sees this spooky bitch contorting up the stairs and the lights at her are popping from yep. above and... so do you go up towards the popping lights <gasps> or down towards the crazy contortion lady neither are good options and if you go up you only have the roof which if something's coming for you will just fucking push you off the roof and the contortion climbing staircase scenes the multiple staircase scenes that are in this movie are the scariest to me she was a real contortionist and a ballerina. Oh, I, I believe it. That actress. So that she did that stuff. That's gross. That's even scarier. That's like mama level of scary. Yeah. So, of course, she leaves the stairwell, but it grabs the charm. She's got a rabbit's foot charm on her cell phone, and it grabs it. And so she it made it up those things. They're so quickly. fucking fast. Yes. And she sees its eye oh peering through the door. I hate the eye. and then she runs into the security office and tells the security guard that there was something on the 10th floor and the poor guy goes to look now in juan it's not a cell phone charm it's a little like teddy bear that's on her purse that's exactly it's like it's just a little like keychain kind of thing Mm -hmm. on her purse and this poor security guard goes to look and she is in the security room watching on the security cameras and sees him go in and out of the stairwell and then walk away Yes, not in Juon. No, not in Juon. We find out later when the cop is looking at the security cameras, but what happens in Juon is the security guard goes over to a bathroom. That's where she heard it in the stall. Yeah. When she freaked out and ran away. And he goes over to the bathroom, and this black ghost shape comes out, and that's all we see, and then she runs away. Later on with the tape, we see that it pulled him into that bathroom. Yes. Who knows what the fuck it did to him. Like a magnet. (gasps) And... She relaxes a little bit because she sees the security guard walking away from the stairwell, but then she sees a shadowy black figure manifest and just start walking towards the camera that she's looking at. And she fucking and she bails. Yeah, she runs out of the building, gets a cab, and goes home. In the elevator up to her apartment, the little boy is seen in the panes as she's going up floor by floor. He's there and he's getting closer and closer and closer to the pain of the same thing in elevator. Yes. Same imagery there, yeah. She gets home, and she's on her couch, freaking out. She's basically shaking. In both of these, she's terrified. Both of these versions. Dude. There's no beating around the bush. There's no, like, okay, it's fine. You're just seeing things. Chill out. No, they know that they saw something, and they are terrified. And she gets a call. And it's Matthew. But it ain't Matthew. And he says, hey, I'm downstairs. What number are you? And she tells him the apartment number, and she's like, okay, I'll buzz you in. And this happens in both. We're Mm -hmm. still winding up here. And her doorbell rings immediately. In Juwan, she's not really scared. She just, like, heads on over. In The Grudge, you can tell she's fucking scared. She says she's on, like, the 13th floor or something. There's no way. Yeah. You're with her through the entire elevator ride. How did it get there that fast? And in The Grudge, in the American version, she realizes that that's... And but she looks yeah. at the people and it is Matthew. Yeah, she's like, oh, she, she thinks she's messing. He's messing with her, so she still has the phone in her hand and she goes outside of her apartment door, and she starts hearing the groaning. But when she drops her, uh, yeah, that. 
when she drops her phone, it continues, <gasps> even though her phone breaks into oh a bunch god. of pieces. Oh my god, I hate this scene so bad. And then she runs back inside. And what do you do when oh you are god. so scared, scared? You revert back to child, child tendencies, and you she crawls under the covers, which. I'm so mad at the grudge for taking that away from me. Like, that's the one safe place you're supposed to have. Leave it alone, horror movies. But no. She sees her phone charm in her hand. But before we get there, in Juon, she actually tries to turn on the TV and have some, Which some sound I liked, going. Which I that's what I would that's do. That's what I would do as well. But it starts getting really distorted and then it kind of freeze frames. And, and she tries spooky. to turn it off and it's not doing anything. Yep. And, uh, and then her charm, her little teddy bear keychain, is in her hand as well. And in both of these, they see things moving and they lift up the covers and the grudge bitch is right there staring at them. And mm, it pulls so them into the depths. Literally. Okay, so I have seen Juan once before, like, years ago. But I hadn't seen it in so long that I forgot how much, how Quick fast this happens. And I knew it was coming up, and I was already scared. I literally screamed out loud at this scene in Juan. Literally. <laughs> Connor was sitting next to me. He's like, you've never screamed at a horror movie before. I'm like, it was fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's scarier in Juan because... I remember in The Grudge where it's like almost like they're under the covers and then they move towards you. Whereas Juwan, it's there. She lifts it up and there's a fucking face right yeah. there. There's like movement and she's like, what is that movement mm. at the end of my bed in the American one? But in Juwan, she doesn't even get that moment of Mm-mm. there's something under the covers. She just lifts it up and it's there and it takes her. Which this comes from, there's a lot of cool Japanese cultural horror things in this. This mm-hmm. came from the Japanese thought of that ghosts can come through little portals like that like just flipping your covers over there's just that opening a ghost can just be in oh that's or little cracks in a wall that's or, more terrifying to me than any of this imagery thank you right so they're just like oh yeah that can happen <gasps> instead of like a seance in japan they just you lift the covers up in a weird way they're like hello thank you for allowing me into your bed fuck that <laughs> And then it cuts to Karen in the hospital, and the detective is talking to her. And the detective says they have not found the boy or the journal that she says she found. Karen says the journal belonged to a woman, and she could tell because the handwriting was feminine. And when she tells him the boy's name was Toshio, the detective is shook. He shows her a picture of the family, and she says that's the boy, and he looks extra shook. (laughs) And she says she felt something was wrong the whole time she was in the house, and she asks what happened there. He tells her they found the bodies of Jennifer and Matthew up in the attic, and then he is summoned away, and another detective tells him about the lock being locked from the inside. Yeah, so they know. So that means either either the killer was still in that house or right. what happened. Yeah. One thing I really like about both of these movies, and this may be a cultural thing, or maybe they just bought into it because weird stuff had been already happening around this home, but there's no calling Karen crazy or thinking immediately thinking that she's insane because they immediately are just like, oh, shit, we've got a problem. This house is haunted. Yeah. It's fucking shit up. Nobody ever calls her crazy. And they believe her when she says that she saw this little boy that they know to be dead. And so I really like that there's not that typical, stereotypical in horror movies, well you're crazy and you're just shocked from seeing someone die just a thought just because i know this about japanese culture i wonder if it's because the worst thing you can ever do to somebody in japanese culture is embarrass them and if they act like she's crazy they're embarrassing her that's true but let's say that was true quickly they realized that this is fucked yeah and so the other detective tells them about the lock being locked from the inside like we just said. And the detective says they were the first family to live there since the discovery three years earlier. And then Karen leaves the hospital and goes to her boyfriend's work. And he leaves because she says she doesn't want to be alone. And they're on a bus and he asks her to tell him what's wrong. 
And she says she saw something in the house. She says there was something there with them. And then she hears this noise and she sees her in the window. This one got me. I did jump a little on this window scene because I totally forgot about it. In theaters, I still remember seeing this in theaters. And I was so scared the whole time. And I was like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And I hadn't. I because I had kept closing my eyes so I hadn't really seen it I didn't know this was coming up because my mom had basically walked me through scene by scene she didn't tell me about this one so I remember sitting there in the chair and my hand just went out so hard on the arms and grabbed her hand when it happened I jumped and just grabbed well it's one of those really smart scenes I think as a horror filmmaker as you know your mom told you scene by scene she forgot about it because it's so small and insignificant That it was still able, so even if you've seen this movie a bunch, like, I didn't remember it. If you if you go a year or two between seeing it, you'll forget about it, and it'll get exactly. you every single time. So, it got me. So, I could see how in theaters, like, I, up until the last probably five or six years, I did not enjoy, well, I did enjoy, but I, I wasn't excited to see horror movies in theaters, mm-hmm. because I was scared to see horror movies in theaters, because... I, I think everyone is, but I am so sensitive to sound, and the sound is so big in theaters that it made it that much more scary. The original Annabelle, I watched it again after I saw it in theaters, and I was like, <laughs> Yeah. But when I saw it in theaters, there was a stairwell scene in that, and it the music and everything about it, I was so terrified, and then I watched it again, and I was like, that's not even that scary. But being in theaters really put me in it yeah and same thing with mm, not really the nun but like i could see it being a little better in theaters and you buying it on blu-ray and it's like this is fucking garbage <laughs> like if i thought it was garbage before i know it is now so seeing that scene in the theater and not knowing that it's coming would just i could see how you i'm surprised you didn't just slap somebody yeah. on accident <laughs> so yeah i think it's that added to the fact that there's the stereotype and horror of Bad shit happens at night, but during the day you're safe. Yeah. So you have that break, and I feel like, okay, we've had this scary shit happen in the house, but we're outside on a bus, nothing's going to happen, and then all of a sudden it does, and you're like, you just betrayed me. Not to mention Annabelle a bunch in this movie, but I forgot to mention that I knew, and I know about you, one of the first things I knew about you is when we started talking about horror, that that cover scene scares you more than anything else you've ever seen in horror, or at least it's up there. Yes. And we went and saw Pet Cemetery, and the Annabelle creation trailer is Just out. the fucking trailer. I'm so scared. And this is the first time that I have seen that done, because in the trailer, you'll probably find, because they probably showed all the worst stuff in the trailer and ruined it. I know. But, hopefully they didn't, but... She lifts up the covers and Annabelle the doll is under the covers. And I just looked at you and I was like, oh, shit. Cause you I were ha- great. You were like, don't look, don't look, don't look. Because <laughs> I have not, to my knowledge and to my memory, and I could be wrong, I have not seen this done since The Grudge. Yeah, right? People don't use this. And I'm kind of proud of that. Yeah. And now. But it's a good one. It is. But. I'm glad it hasn't been abused. The thing is, though, you've already... I know you kind of watched it through your fingers, if you did watch it at all. Oh, I, I didn't know. watch it at all. Okay, well. Literally, I saw her under the covers, and it yanked her, and I was like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> and, and put it in my hands. So, you may, I mean, I I really hope the Conjuring universe especially is getting pretty bad about ruining their movies with the trailers. Yeah. They did that with La Llorona. They did that with The Nun. Yeah. And I'm afraid they're going to do that again with Annabelle Creation, yeah. because they showed a lot of scary shit in the trailer, and so I think we're going to go in and see all that same shit again and just be like okay whatever i won't i won't cover my eyes for you guys by the way i didn't do it with the grudge either i wanted to i had my notebook up as close as i could get without covering my eyes but i won't that's how i am with uh the remake of the evil dead i have like my notebooks all fucked now because i've just was bending it going oh my god oh my god oh my god the whole time (laughs) your anxiety notebook yes but another point i was gonna make speaking this is what reminded me of it because i was gonna say annabelle uh the second annabelle uh my bad. Annabelle Creations, the second one. The new one is comes home, I think, or something. Yeah, something but like I meant the second one. Anyways, doesn't matter. Moving on. The second Annabelle, which is actually Annabelle Creation, they did the daylight thing when she goes into the shed. And that actually got fine. me. Exactly. Yeah, so. I like when they do daylight things because you don't expect it and I think it can be scarier. Yeah. You're not anticipating. Right. You're not preparing yourself to be scared and then we're going to be okay. Right. The actress Rika in Juwan, I'm probably saying that wrong, but she was actually in Shudder also. I was sitting there the whole time like, 
fucking recognize her. She looks so familiar. And she was the girlfriend that he killed in Shudder. Hmm. Good repertoire there. <laughs> Cut to poor Karen in the shower. And you know some shit's going to happen because she's just having, like, a tranquil shower and she can't mm-hmm. have a tranquil shower. And she's washing her hair. And then there's a fucking hand grabbing her scalp. Yeah. And she freaks out. Of course. Yeah. Which I love because just like we talked about under the covers was something that we don't see. It was it was basically brand new with the grudge and then other people are using it decades later. Well, same thing with that. Like we saw the shower, the scary shower scene in Psycho and then nobody used it again until this. Unless you count the Vince Vaughn Psycho remake. Nobody counts that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's kind of cool that somebody took something like, it took them so long to go, yeah, we're going to use that again. Yeah. And it was fucking scary. They always used the shower curtain being whipped back quickly and nothing being there and then it being behind them, but the actual shower. Exactly. And then it cuts to Alex, which was Karen's boss, leaving his office late at night. And, of course, he's alone and there are no lights on because there are never any lights on. Ever, right? And hey, at least when it was the husband and wife that died, he tried to turn on the light. That's true. He did. And he sees a bloody Yoko walking down the stairs. So he just came down a flight of stairs. And then there's another flight of stairs that goes down after that. And she's walking down that one. And she's like, she sounds squishy. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of blood and ugh. And he says, What happened, Yoko? And Yoko looks up slowly and turns around and he sees her bottom jaw is gone and he screams and her tongue slides out of her mouth. Ugh. So now we know what the jaw is from. It's yeah. from poor Yoko. She big dead. Where's her body? Mm-hmm. Ew. It's walking around. Ew. Her <laughs> it's office. Walking around. <laughs> and then it cuts to Karen and she's at home researching what happened to Toshio's family really quick yeah there's no way they brought all that shit over they are a couple of college students going abroad do you see how many books they have they have like stacks upon stacks underneath a shelf maybe they went they when they got there and, like, <laughs> yeah that's there's a no really way tiny they place. shipped that shit over no. they just got there so it's yeah. not like they bought all that shit either yes this is a furnished apartment that comes with a dartboard and all our books <laughs> right exactly <laughs> in english and Karen is at home researching the family, and she finds an article about a man killing his wife and child, and a separate article about an American professor throwing himself off a building, basically on the same front page. And then it cuts to the head detective watching security footage from Susan's work. So that same hallway, you know, all that. Yeah. Now, in the original Japanese version, they actually find a detective that worked on the original murder case yeah. five years earlier. This is where earlier. it starts diverting a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Because uh, in Juon, they go and they seek help from this guy that was investigating this original case. And they say that every family that has lived there, because in this, in the Japanese one, they do this too, has died or ended up missing. Right. Which somebody needs to just knock down the fucking house. <laughs> exactly. Or is it the land? We don't know. And in the American one, he is watching, the detective is watching the video and he sees the same thing that Susan saw and the same distortion and the same apparition and it gets closer and closer to the camera and he's getting scared. I love it as he's watching it and getting scared. He's like looking around because once again, that's something you would do. You'd yeah. Be like what's back there? Absolutely. And it just gets real black and then the, the whole screen is black that you're watching and then these eyes just open. And then you can hear her saying, Peter, Peter, Peter. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he looks behind him and he's all spooked. And in the Japanese version, they bring in this outside detective that has quit the force basically over this case. And he basically eventually tells, you know, at first tells him to leave him alone. But then he goes in to look at this footage and it happens to him. Yes. And that's his turning point where he decides that he needs to go and burn down the house. Yeah. What's happened to this guy in, in the last five years for him to immediately be like, yep, no, that's it. I'm burning it down. <laughs> exactly. Karen goes out while Doug is still sleeping. And Karen goes to Peter's house, who was the professor that we saw in the beginning, fell off the balcony. Which this is not in Juon. No. This whole professor thing. Right. It has to be Americanized somehow. Yeah. I also thought it was weird that this lady comes over to your house to talk about your dead husband that you don't know and you just immediately bust out all the photos you've ever taken together. Also, why is she dressed like that? She's is in she, a, like, going out to a party? What the... It doesn't give you any context. Maybe it day. was some sort of deleted scene. She's, like, in Maybe. this red tight dress and all this yeah. red lips like and curly fancy hair. fancy-looking outfit. Where the fuck is she... She's got to go find a new man. Right? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I can't afford the rent by myself. Yeah. <laughs> 
And she goes through the photos of them and she notices the same woman in the background of all their photos together is just staring at them. Which is so creepy in like a real life way. This woman is just stalking you and you have no idea. She's literally in every single picture they've ever taken. Yep. Oh my fucking God. And, And she picks up on that really quick. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I necessarily would because I just I'm not looking at the faces in the background exactly. and not I mean background people just are background people exactly it, you're they're just not distinguishable you yeah exactly you're not looking at all these people other people at a zoo yeah and then it cuts to Peter when he's alive so this is a flashback and he's at work and a coworker says another one huh and he gives him something and he says yeah I don't know who she is I guess she used to be in one of my classes and it's like a letter yeah. to him. And so he follows the return address on it and goes to the house. And he sees the little boy. He's, like, looking in a window. And the little boy, like, falls away from the window. And he goes in to help him. So it lured him yeah. in that way. And he's, like, fucked up. He's got cuts on his face and stuff. Yeah. And he finds him slumped next to the full bathtub. And he carries him to the sofa and asks if he's alone and where his parents are. And, of course, he doesn't talk. Peter finds a ripped up family photo with, of course, the woman's face cut out of it. And Peter looks out the window and behind him, the boy's mouth opens and makes a cat screaming noise. No, 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 <laughs> no. That was the most terrifying scene for my mom. Was that one really? right there? Mm-hmm. Um, what, did she, she say why? I don't know. I, I guess just unnerving of this little boy. You think he's fine. And then all of a sudden you realize he's actually already dead at this point, And this is a I ghost see. who's getting ready to kill this dude. That's true. And then it cuts to Karen walking up to the roof to meet with the detective. So this is the roof of the precinct, you would assume. Karen says she made the connection that Peter committed suicide the morning after the mysterious woman's death. He says three years ago, his friends investigate, three of his friends were investigating the case and two died mysteriously and one disappeared. Karen says they've both been in that house, and he says it's legend that if someone dies in sorrow or rage, the emotion stains a place and kills everything it touches. He says it will never let them go, and he basically just says he's sorry. So he has resigned himself to this fate. He knows that it is going to come for him, and he knows that it is going to kill him. Well, he has already been in it years ago. Yeah. So he's probably been experiencing things either way, which is probably why he believed her. Yeah, right away. He's like, shit. So it's not just me. (laughs) Now, in the Japanese version, little diversion here, there are these schoolgirls. Yes, which we actually, they turned the schoolgirl thing into the grudge too. Right. The American grudge too, yeah. Mm -hmm. And we now have a podcat in the lap that is purring. So if now you get weird background noise, it is a purring kitten. Actual kitten too, little baby. Little baby black kitty. Anyways, so the schoolgirls are in this home and the detective that wants to burn, the ex-detective, I should say, that wants to burn the house down, goes over there to burn it down and there are these schoolgirls in the house and they see him. So he's not going to burn a house down now that he's just been busted. Right. They're like hanging out in there because they heard a legend that there was a haunted house and they wanted to go see it. And basically there are four girls and three of them get got because the fourth girl... She knew something was going on, and she didn't get taken. But she saw the other ones get taken. Right. And so now we've got these three missing schoolgirls and this one that is incredibly fucked up by this experience. And her friends go over to her house and check on her, and she's She's newspapering up the windows. She knows that it's coming for her and all of that. So, And it does. Yeah. It gets her. But in this one, the the detective still decides that he's going to burn the place down, but he is not interrupted by anyone being there. He goes at night and... Okay, but he is interrupted. And I just want to comment, right, but... I don't fucking get... You know what's going on. You know these ghosts are fucking with you. Why the fuck... Why are you playing into their game? You know that what's happening in the bathtub is probably just these ghosts. And then he goes to save this kid and everything... What the, what the fuck are you fucking doing? Yeah, just burn it down. And also, I think that going to burn a house down that is a haunted house, it's not going to let you. So, I don't know. Like, I feel like maybe burn it from the outside? 
I'm mad. I'm mad at the can detective. You even, can you even burn a house from the outside? I don't know, but maybe throw the gas in there real quick and then light it up immediately. Exactly. Don't stick around and look around and And then be it fucking spooked. kills you. Yeah. So Karen gets home and sees that Doug has done his own research on the house and he is gone. And she listens to a voicemail and he says, Doug says in the voicemail that Alex and Yoko are dead. And he asks if she went to that house and that he's going to find her. So Karen panics because she knows that Doug is on his way to that house. That is killing all these people. Yep. Yeah. And Doug ends up at the house and he walks in and Karen is not there yet. And he calls home again and a door opens behind him. And Karen then shows up at the house and yells for Doug and hears a man's voice say, hey, did you get my message? And the voice trails off and you can hear him talking. And Karen walks upstairs and it changes their dimension or realities. Yeah, the ghosts are starting to cross planes. And they're showing them what happened to them. And it shows Peter in the house talking to his wife, telling her he loves her and that he'll be home soon. And he goes into Toshio's room and says, so your mom's going to be late, huh? And then Peter closes the kid's door and he's just sitting on the ground being spooky and like coloring something scary. I don't know. And he looks towards the back bedroom and he goes in to find pictures cut up and all the faces of her cut out of all their family photos. And he also finds her journal and it's all about how much she loves him and he doesn't know she exists. And he looks towards the closet and sees her face pinned all over it with what looks like blood streaks all yeah. over. Yeah, on it. Which is spooky. And flies. And fly, yeah, flies flying around the entrance to the closet slash attic. And the pages in the journal flip by themselves. They're behind him on the floor to an eye. And Peter turns around to find flies coming out of the closet and her body shoved in a plastic bag that falls from the attic. And you see him scamper away from the dead, from her dead eyeball, basically, because it's just staring at him. And he goes into the other room and sees something and runs out of the house. And then you hear this like thudding noise and Karen turns towards this. Just it's just thudding over and over and over. And it's loud. Right. Which in the unrated version, I didn't get to see it, but I've seen it in the past. I don't remember if it's this scene exactly or if they talk about it later on. What that thudding is, is when the wife got killed, she came back as a ghost and she actually killed the husband that killed her. She ripped his jaw Mm -hmm. off, strangled him with her hair, and hung him up. And that's Toshio pushing his body. Because you kind of see Toshio pushing something, but you don't see the body hanging there. So you assume he killed himself, hung himself, and Toshio is playing with his dead body, yes, basically. But they didn't want a huge rating on this, so that was the unrated version. Because this is 13, right? Yeah. So. <clears throat> Which is why you also don't see that he killed her with an X-Acto knife. He just stabbed her over and over again, but you don't see a lot of blood because they couldn't really yeah. get a bad rating. Karen turns towards this thudding noise and sees a flashback of the husband finding her journal and rage killing the cat her and their son and what i liked in the japanese version is you don't really know why other than oh he snapped why did he kill the the kid and the cat so in the japanese version same thing he basically there's not like a journal or any well he there's not like this person there's not yeah, a Peter, you don't really, really know he literally just says a little snippet of yeah. she cheated on me or something yeah That's it. and he also says the boy is not mine, yes. which is why he killed the child because he didn't believe that it was actually his child. So that gives right. you a little bit more context. Either way, though, I mean, we just saw Curse of La Llorona and the Weeping Woman is a thing right. and cheating spouses kill their kids sometimes. So Yeah, exactly, which is why you kind of assume in the American one he just kind of snaps. Yeah. And then it fades back to night and the, gr- the grudge lady is walking near her and you see her in the mirror And then, while she's looking in the mirror, Doug grabs her foot, and he has been fucked up. He is not really talking very well. He has been affected by this. It was Mm -hmm. only a matter, it was going to be quick once he got into the house, and it was. And bitch starts crawling, contortioning down the stairs, out of the bag that she was shoved into, and it's all crackly and nasty and popping. This is the worst. Yeah, I totally agree. 
And she's coming at them quickly, too. So fast. And she crawls up Doug, who's in Karen's lap, while Karen just, or is next to Karen. I do want to mention, though, it is kind of cool, because when they show you how he killed everybody, you realize why these sounds are being made. You realize why she's crawling. Like, he has fucked her up, and she's trying to crawl down the stairs away from him. He, like, strangles her, and she can't make any sounds. That's why she makes the uh, sound, because she's trying. So that's kind of cool. And it's crawling up Doug, and it basically takes him. And Karen just watches as it kills him because she's so stunned she can't really do anything. And the boy is just watching from the banister, and then the house starts kind of shaking. She grabs Doug's lighter as she holds him because she, like, chilled out for a minute. So she was able to, like, go to Doug's body and grab his lighter out of his pocket, and she's going to light that bitch up. And, of course, Doug's in her lap, and she's crying over him, and then Doug's eyes just snap open, and it ain't Doug. (laughs) (laughs) And she's, like, right in front of her face, right in front of her face. And she basically succumbs, but she knocks a gas can over and lights it up first. And then it, Buffy. Yes. And then it cuts to a detective looking under the sheet at a body. They say male, 20s. And then they are in like a morgue or a hospital. Mm-hmm. And when they're looking at him, Karen comes in and she's all fucked up and scuttling. And, you yeah. know, she's alive, though. And you hear them say they were able to save the house. Let the house fucking go. Yeah. Karen goes in to see Doug's body, which twitches and then black hair and an arm fall out from under the sheet. And then she hears the noise and it ends up standing behind her and the eye shot ends the movie. And in Juon, it's a pretty similar ending. What's different is this woman that was the caretaker, she knows that something's going on there. But the person that she loves that goes is, I believe, her sister. Or her best friend. I don't remember which it was. Mm -hmm. And her best friend slash sister is a teacher. And Toshio is supposed to be in her class. Yeah. And so she goes to check on him. And when she realizes that, that's when she runs to the house. And all of this happens just to a different person for her. But it's basically the same sequence of events. She gets taken. She gets crawled at. she becomes. Right. That's That's the different part. Yes. She's not attacked so much as she realizes this is her. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. That's an interesting little twist there. Mm-hmm. But I think both of these movies were were good. I mean, okay, so Juon has a decent Rotten Tomatoes score. The Grudge has like a 29%. And how? I, I don't understand how people aren't terrified. Let us know. If you think this is stupid, like, let us know. It doesn't scare me as much as it scares you. But The Exorcist doesn't scare you as much as it scares me. That's just our thing. But I still think it's scary. Like, The Exorcist is still scary. Right. And I think The Grudge is scary. So I don't get how people don't. Yeah. You know? So let us know if you think it's just maybe the special effects didn't do it for you or the storyline didn't do it for you. I don't know. I mean, it was early 2000s and I think that it comes off as early 2000s, but not necessarily. I think the remake will follow a lot of the same patterns and special effects and it'll look probably pretty similar so i don't really know what i mean i'm not being overly critical of it but i mean it's entertaining there weren't a ton of plot holes to ruin the movie and it just was a i think a pretty good scary movie like it's a good horror movie and it's something that i will probably watch with you around halloween every year unless we're too bogged down by whatever we're doing for the podcast But I'm glad we got to do this because this is the one you literally have been looking. And as the weeks are getting closer and closer and closer, you've been like, oh, God. God, It's coming up. The Grudge. Yeah. Yeah. Before filming this movie, The the Grudge, I don't know about you on, but before filming The Grudge, the cast and crew actually went through a special ceremony to bless the set so that bad things didn't happen to the cast and crew. Which is smart because there are so many cursed movies nowadays. I love that they did that. And the cast and crew were like, uh, damn straight, there's so many horror movies that are cursed. We're not going through it. We're not dealing with it. I would sage it every single day mm-hmm. when you get there, when you leave. Exactly. Say thank you to the spirits. We're not trying to be disrespectful. And bail. I mean, I would honestly, I really enjoy this movie. I enjoy watching it. I'd probably give it, if I'm going to be real, real specific, like a 3.8. But for, you know, rounding out purposes, I'd, I'd give it a 4. Yeah. 
I, whether it's main scare or not, this movie scares the fuck out of me, and it has that special place in my heart for that. So it is a five out of five on the fear level, and I love slash hate watching this. Yeah. So much so that it scared the fuck out of me, and I watched Butter's Bottom Bitch from South Park <laughs> afterwards. You have to. <laughs> yeah. You can't just go to sleep. No. <laughs> you had to have Connor there, and you're going to have to have him there when you edit this episode too i will oh my god oh god yeah it's gonna be you're gonna have to rehash it it's gonna be so bad. traumatized all over again so thank you for joining us for this special episode because this is Kristen's scariest movie of all time thank you guys so uh we hope you enjoyed it and we hope you enjoy the grudge and hey if you don't we're down to listen you can find us on facebook and instagram at the extra sisters podcast you can find us on twitter at the extra sisters and we have a website it is just www.extrasisters.com and if you want to tell us why you think the grudge is terrifying or you want to tell us why you think it is awful you can always email us at theexorcisters at gmail.com and on that note if you have ever had any near-death experiences that you remember and it was either out of body or you just remember going someplace like while I felt, you were felt watching this movie while you, while you were <laughs> unconscious please let us know we have those happy hours that we love to do and we would really love to talk about near-death experiences so if you have had one of those please email it to us because we would love to share it with the audience and next time he has always provided for his family but his past is coming back to haunt them. Till then, stay creepy.